welcome to the Butts the Seats podcast, episode number 91. Inching closer and closer to our 100th episode. Yeah, and now we have new pop filters. So Emily, Finally. Emily can stop complaining. Yes. She'll find something new to complain about. I'm sure I will. I'll still touch the microphone. What you guys don't hear when we edit the episode oh, is Nick yelling at me halfway through the episode. And like every 10 minutes, like Emily, stop touching your mic. Emily, stop moving the pop filter. And then I bitch back at him like, meh, meh, meh. So marriage, love, it's great. And also you don't hear Emily screwing up the intro, me telling her she screwed it up, and then going, I didn't screw it up. Marriage is absolute bliss. No, I'm Nick alongside my wife, Emily. <laughs> Emily, that intro. what is it we do here? And well, now it, I feel like get I'm it right. <laughs> do it the way I want it to be done. I'm scared now. Well, husband, we take a week-by-week look at the slow but inevitable downfall of WCW through the 90s into the 2000s. That's what we started this podcast saying. Yes. Do we still agree with that? Because we have revamped that like three or four yeah, times Yeah, we, we tried to. I forget when we. We're 91 episodes in. If we're not changing it, we're not changing it. <laughs> I, in my brain, I've been like, we need a, our own theme song. I'm like, <laughs> At <laughs> this point, <laughs> I'm just like, nope. All right. Is it is it Vince Russo or is it just regular WCW? <laughs> that, that kind of determines. Or is it a pay-per-view? Yeah. If somebody out there wants to make one, go for it. We'll hear it. We'll listen to you can't say that we'll like use it but we'll hear it so today we're talking about the march 20th 2000 wcw monday nitro live from gainesville florida aka i think the most pointless nitro there's been you started this episode calling it a no man's land nitro yes they're locked into spring breakout which if you didn't know that you're gonna hear about it 17 fucking times in the show <laughs> yeah and you're gonna watch ricky rackman get more and more drunk as the night goes yeah. on and next week's all about The Wall and Hulk Hogan. So this week is just setting up things that are going to be done in two nitros. That being said, it wasn't a bad episode. It actually wasn't. No. I actually enjoyed this episode, which it's is a, rare. Yeah, there was not a lot of filler in this show, which was strange. It is strange. But I mean, that's also not a bad thing. The matches were quick. They were fast-paced, but they were like energetic. They Nothing really truly dragged until like... Two-thirds of the way through the show. The rating did go down, by the way, though. It did a 2-5. Yeah, because last week sucks. Yeah. Last week's episode was Garbo, and then Uncensored was Garbo. So, like, why would you watch? And then next week's a 2-6. Well, they went back up. Man, they got a couple threes left, but, um, yeah. Maybe they should stop cutting those $3,000 checks. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) But tonight's Nitro is live from the University of Florida. Go Gators. Go Gators. I believe that's my grandfather's alma mater. I was going to say, can you name anybody famous who went to University of Florida? My grandfather. <laughs> so this show starts with a uncensored 2000 recap package, but it's just Nitro Stills. My favorite way to recap a pay-per-view. They skip over the main event Hulk Hogan pinning Ric Flair before formally winning the match. Yeah. They just show him touching the corners. And uh, we skipped something over last episode I did not realize it. Hmm. That was the last Psychosis match. Was it really? Yes, we might see him in ECW because he joins at some point this year, but... Oh, God. Yeah. He goes from one dying company to another dying company. Yeah. Dude. Don't worry. He'll join the Mexicals. Oh, yeah. That'll go well. Does he ride in on a... Um, uh, yep. Oh, no. But look, he's the one I remember being part of that. I forgot that Hoovy's part of that for a little bit. So, Juventud Guerrera, I follow him on Instagram. Don't ask me why. He's not a great follow. He still, like, markets himself as the juice... I thought that was like a short-lived nothing gimmick. So did I. 
But he's still like the juice is coming to your town. Like he's like going to Comic Cons and doing signings. Like as the juice. Like he what? Yeah. Stop it. Psychosis is gone. Like the, that's a bummer. Yeah. Mostly, I'm gonna miss that theme. <laughs> His theme was the best theme in WCW, hands down. Uh, Bar none. Arn Anderson called. No. Yeah, Psychosis is one that like he's gonna be a little more subtly missed. Where when you saw Psychosis in a match, you're like. Okay, we're good. We're good here. I mean, the only saving grace in the cruiserweight division was the luchadors. Yeah, the Mexican wrestlers were the only thing that were like propelling that division and making it worth watching. Now Chris Candino's here, so that's gonna go great. <laughs> so that's all gone I now. Like <laughs> Is he? I don't know much about him, but like, well, I'm saying I, the little bit I've seen, I like. I, I don't. I've not but seen see, a ton we of don't have the same taste in wrestlers. So you saying yeah. you like Chris Candido does not give me the you know the piece that you yeah. might think but yeah psychosis was always somebody if you saw him in a match you're like oh this I, might be all right yeah he's gonna hold up his end of the bargain and he can give you a great match depending yeah. on who, like, who he's there with and that's a bummer he'll at least be flippy and fun but now we don't even have that to look forward to yeah. every week the show takes away something for me to look forward to what is there so we missed somebody on wcw television because we don't watch wcw saturday night are we really missing out no, I, I can't even find it. <laughs> but Psychosis had a match that was taped beforehand, but it aired the Saturday night before Uncensored. Okay. He faced Shark Boy. I did not know Shark Boy was in WCW. Oh, I don't. I only know of Shark Boy in Legend. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like looked at like, wait, it, it can't be the same Shark Boy. No, it's the same Shark Boy. It's the same Shark Boy that then, sued he, Taylor Lautner. Yeah. And then. Um, no, wait. Oh, yeah. I thought there was a whole lawsuit sorry, about Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Sorry, I forgot Taylor Lauder was in Sharkboy oh, and Lava Girl. He was Sharkboy. I was like, what does Twilight have to do with that? No, his better movie. He didn't sue Taylor Lauder. He sued the production. <laughs> but yeah, he was in WWE. He's gone by the end of this month. Like, they don't do anything with him. Bummer. But I was like, holy shit. One of those random, you were in WCW? Yeah. I, I think like, it's still going to... We're going to see AJ Styles. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's still going to blow my mind when we see AJ Styles. Because, like, that man, I think that he, like, he found the Fountain of Youth and he, like, suckled at its teeth. I don't know. Well, I think he's, like, 18 when he shows up. Yeah, but he's only, like, 42 right now. He's not that old. No. And he was in WCW. Yeah, we did note that uh, we recently passed the 24-year anniversary of Russo taking over, so... Yeah. woo so in terms of this actual show, we have Sid arriving earlier and everyone's super hype. Oh, yeah. We get the short Nitro opening. I'm wondering if they're reworking the video because enough people have left. Oh, the like the the highlight reel, basically? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We get the opening pyro. Mean Gene is in the ring, brings out Sid Vicious. Sid says the weight is off of his shoulders and calls Jeff Jarrett dumb for losing and then calls him a pig. Which, he tries to do this, like, lipstick on a pig kind of thing. Yeah, he's like, a pig is still a pig. But, like, when you put a bow tie on it, it's put like, Put a no. bow tie on it, even if you bring it into your house, it's still a pig. Yeah, it's like, like no, lipstick okay. on a pig. That's that's a saying. But people also have pigs as pets, and they bring them into their homes, and they're actually kind of like dogs, and they're very sweet. Yeah, so I don't want to do that, though. You could. What's the pig going to think when we have Sunday brunch and make bacon? <laughs> oh, see, that's the problem. <laughs> we'll have to hide it from them. <laughs> or is it the pig misbehaves, so we make bacon, like, this could be you? <laughs> No. Would you know if somebody was like cooking human meat in front of you? Would you know? Depends. Is it clearly an arm? <laughs> no. Is bacon clearly a pig? Yes. No, it's not. A strip of bacon if doesn't you know look what bacon like an is. It's a pig. It doesn't know what bacon is. You don't you have you talked to a pig about this? Emily, would you love me if I was a worm? No! 
So that was one of the stupidest things you ever said. I forget if it's Sid or or Gene who asked, "Ah, who's next for Sid Vicious?" And of course, it's Jeff fucking Jared. But it's, it's barely the NWO though, because you wouldn't know this is the NWO unless you looked at the bottom of his guitar. Because like no one is wearing anything NWO related. They don't come out to the NWO theme. They're just three here guys. They don't. They later. They later do. they do, but they're just guys. Later they do, but I swear it's dubbed for one of them. <laughs> But I did look. They do actually appear next week because I wanted to see them. Like, is this literally it? But they don't wear the NWO t-shirts. I've not peaked, but yeah, no, probably not. When's the last time we saw the band is back together shirts? <laughs> Kevin Nash has been... He's actually just gone. He's just like, I'm over it. Remember how he's commissioner? Yeah. I think about that. I'm like, he's just going to show Gordon. up one of these days. No, he's not. I know. Well, I know. He is, but he's not. Not coming back soon. I know that he does have a uh, WW magazine cover that says Maximum Overdrive, which is just like layer upon layer of reference. Like not even a joke, just reference. Like, but also he's not here. Yeah. Why is he the cover of your magazine? Well, well, he was on the cover of the last magazine too. But if you he's remember. still not here. But Jeff Jarrett's here. Jarrett's not done with Sid because he's like I pinned Sid three times in the past, and then he blames Hulk Hogan for losing. I'm like, well, you do have a point there. Basically, the whole episode can be summed up with that soundbite that Nick loves of how many times we have to teach you this lesson, old man. Yes. This, is, this whole episode. Jarrett offers a tag team match, and if Jarrett wins, he gets a title shot. If Sid wins, Jarrett will never ask for a title shot again. And I'm like... That's a fucking... <laughs> yeah. That's uh, very car- carefully worded. Yeah. The way you do that stipulation is... I will never get another title shot as long as you're champion. That's sort of like the, like, okay, that's believable as opposed to, like, I will never challenge will for never this title. Yeah. The word I focused on was ask. Like, he can be assigned a match if he makes buddies with the commissioner, but he cannot ask. I'm not asking. I'm demanding. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So Jeff Jarrett brings out his partner for this match. Oh, my God. My eyes have never rolled harder. Well, he showed up last night. Like, you knew who it was going to be. It's Scott Steiner. Yeah, but with a piece of tape over his mouth that says censored because he's edgy and he's been censored from the big man upstairs. You can't take me with all my words and all my body and all my sex because I'm so good at it that I'll just keep this tape over my mouth. Well, he, he does Shut take up. it off a cut of promo, but... Immediately, immediately, to the point where, like, what's if, the point? You know, I'm wondering... I think it's too clever for them, but I'm wondering if... The fact that he returned on uncensored, was that meant to be a thing or no? Maybe. <laughs> I think that's too clever for them. I, when he came out with the tape over his mouth, I swear my eyes almost got stuck behind my head yeah. because they were rolling so hard. He cuts a very short Scott Snyder style promo. This is not the I'm the best at sex promo though. No, don't he really didn't. Those, he restrained himself. Sid says he doesn't need a partner, but he also probably has a bunch of options. He cut the same promo like two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't need a partner, but there's a bunch of guys that want to kick your ass. We, I want to know the logistics of where everyone is. Sid is in the ring. The end of the the yeehaw. The yeehaws. Yeah, sorry. The yeehaws are on the ramp. <laughs> Although with the yeehaws lose a little bit of branding with Scott Snyder because yeah, he's not do. a yeehaw. They do. Because Hulk Hogan accepts the offer. Of course he does. And the music's hitting, and someone's like, "Wait, I think I recognize that music. It's Hulk Hogan's music. What do you mean you think you recognize it? It's like the most recognizable music in WCW right now. And he's also back in the undies. Yellow." Undies. Well, yeah, that's the ones he wears. He doesn't usually come out in full yellow. Like, yes, yellow on yellow? Yeah, he There's does. usually a belt or something that breaks it up, though. Whoa, true. I think later he has a yellow belt, too. Yeah, it's just yellow. Yeah. He's just looking like Colonel Mustard. 
I hate the yellow undies. I think it's really bad. I think I think yeah. undies are a bad look. But yellow do, on yellow on yellow, bad. We do have a who's that Pokemon for later. Thank God. Something to bring joy to this. I did mention at this point that Sid has just fully gone into like cartoon character. I've mentioned this before that he is just a Saturday morning cartoon character. Especially so when Hogan comes out, Sid kind of does this like begging thing of like, oh, please be my my partner or whatever. He's just so animated that like he's he's playing to the rafters and it comes off very cartoony. Emily, I have a question for you. What? When the fuck was he not? That's why I love Sid. No, I feel like <laughs> it's been more amped up recently. Like, can I? There was a, there was me. a turn. Can I can I point your attention to space number twenty two? See, that didn't come off as cartoony to me for some reason. There was a change in the way that he came down the ramp. He like really started like maybe when he was doing his face turn that he started really like pumping up like very like you know charging up with the audience. Who's the man? That that all like really ramped up at a certain point. I think it was when he face turned. I'm gonna disagree and agree at the same time. Weirdly, I think he was super cartoony as a heel. And for like a month and a half, they tried to have have him be this cool, serious baby face. Maybe and that's then they realize it. it's Sid, and he's just doing Sid things, and he's back to being a cartoon. But I feel like he like turned it up to eleven. I don't know, yeah. especially with this getting on his knees, being like, "Please, Hogan, please be my partner." It was he's playing to the rafters. Yeah. The man's a theater major, if anything. <laughs> There's no one in the rafters, Emily. Why is, well, why is he even doing it? Acting. I, I did not have attendance for this show. That's okay. It's on a college. They're probably giving out a lot of free tickets, too. Is this on the UF campus? That's what it seemed like. That was incredibly common for WCW, so. Yeah. I have no idea how big University of Florida is. Like, campus, I mean. Probably I know it's a big school. Florida has a lot of big schools. So, Hulk Hogan accepts the offer and says he knows all about these NWO punks. Hogan says Sid is the man to get WCW back on track. Sure he is, brother. (laughs) That totally works for me, brother. Wink. And uh, Sid says he wants to wipe the NWO out once and for all. He calls Scott Steiner Big Papa Puppy. <laughs> yes. And I think that was an accident, but I caught it. No, I think it was intentional. Really? Yeah, just funny. like, you know, minimizing the threat and it'll piss off Steiner. I thought it was funny. Good thing he didn't call him a monkey in the middle because Sid knows exactly how uh, insulting that is. Did you forget about this? I have no idea what the fuck Mark Madden about. called Sid like, oh, he's like a monkey in the middle for like the, the, the like triple threat match. And Sid was like, what are you talking about? I'm not a monkey. Like shoot angry backstage. Oh, that's called roid rage. <laughs> also called Sid's kind of dumb. That too. So we have a main event and we get Tony Schiavone and Mark Madden checking in. They hype up the main event. We also are going to get Lex Luger versus Vampiro and Sting versus Ric Flair Woo. for some reason. It still bothers me that Mark Madden is doing the RVD thumbs. It comes off both like mean and Marky at the same time. Uh, Marky? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage team package talk Vampiro and Sting. Luger says Vampiro isn't ready for the big time while talking only to Ric Flair. Wait, this promo drove me crazy. Why did it drive you crazy? Because I, I have a different note on why this promo makes no sense. Because... Because Lex and Flair are talking to each other about the plan yes. to take them down. <laughs> yes, okay. And Lex is like whispering like somebody might walk in like, we got to take him down. Like, you know, I'm going to do this or whatever. And then Flair comes in. Let me tell you something. Why we're going to take him down. Turns this directly to cameras pointing in the camera. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we both noticed this. Why are you shouting the plan even if we're like pretending that the camera's not there? Why no, aren't you he's pay? talking to camera. I'm just saying, even if we pretend that the camera's not there, if you don't talk to camera, why are you shouting? Yeah. We established a scene here where you're not supposed to be like shouting about the, the whole plan because Vampiro might be looming around. 
I don't know why this is the moment of fourth wall breaking that's reminding me of remember, remember the Raven and Canyon vignettes where oh, Mark yeah where Raven <laughs> could break the fourth wall like Ferris Bueller oh I miss Raven Ugh, what about him Emily I miss him yeah it fucking pissed me off the, the second that Flair started yelling I was like oh this is just over never mind commentary hypes up the debut of Chris Candido and then plugs <laughs> spring breakout for next week at Florida State. No, they're in South Padre Island. This week, they were at Florida State University. The recap video was at Florida State. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, they're hyping up all the concerts and events at uh, at Spring Breakout for next week. They had Better Than Ezra on the... Uh... Yes, you know who that is. I don't... It I only familiar. know them for one song. Just the one song that played during the commercial on ABC before Desperate Housewives in like 2004. Yeah. I mean, controversial opinion, but I like Ezra's version better. <laughs> that wasn't even that good of a joke, but I could see you preparing to tell it. That's what kills me. Oh no, Ezra has just been arrested quite again. And was that an Ezra Miller joke? Yes. Move on. <laughs> so yeah, Ricky Rackman's at FSU. Um, spring breakout package. It's the same as all the other ones. All the you know the there's games. inflatables. There's college kids having there's fun. A, there's a three thousand dollar check for Habitat for Humanity, which I think one was definitely for a children's hospital. Yeah. Because I'm like, this isn't just. One donate, one three thousand dollar donation. They're bringing the check to each campus. Like, look at all the good we're doing. No, I think the, I think you're right. The last one was for like a children's hospital. Yeah. I think it's different charities every time. Can you imagine though? Yes, that sounds like something that Eric Bischoff would do. He's not here, but it still sounds like something he would do. They get Mean Gene backstage with Chavo Guerrero. I like this Chavo. Yeah, Chavo's been gone for a little while, but I haven't um, seen him in a minute. Yeah, yeah, he says he was gone getting his finances in order. He also says he's, he was mad he wasn't in the Cruiserweight title tournament and then pickpockets Mean Gene. Yeah. Steals his wallet. So then we get the artist on commentary, but it's Paisley will be doing talking. So you can't talk to the artist unless you're deemed worthy. So the Paisley will be the like the in-between for Mark Madden and Tony Schiavone to talk to the artist and she will talk for him. Yes. Stupid. We'll get to an, a note about that at the end of this match, but... Our opening match for tonight is Lash LaRue versus Hard Knocks Chris Candido. Hard Knocks with an X. Candido asks for a mic before the match. She says he doesn't have a gimmick, a costume, or a trashy valet. I'm like, give that last one a few weeks. <laughs> your, tra- oh, your, no. your trashy valet is in the mail. Oh, no. But he he emphasizes he is purely professional. Lash interrupts with a drop kick and then, and then drop toe holds Candido. Manages to hit a hip toss and stays on offense until an insiguri from Chris Candido. Delayed vertical suplex from Candido, and then a Brett's rope elbow drop. Lash starts a little comeback, including a shake, rattle, and roll. Lash goes up top, but gets crotched, and Candido hits a superplex, and then goes up top himself. Hits a diving headbutt, and gets the pin. Oh, I blew Ooh. through that. Yeah, that was a very quick match. <laughs> well, usually you interrupt me when you have notes, and I guess you I mean, didn't. the only note I had was about Paisley on commentary. Paisley on commentary was actually fantastic. She, she has a great voice for commentary. She doesn't stumble over her words. She's very confident when she speaks. Her voice is just like butter. It feel, it's so nice to listen to. I would listen to her podcast. There was one great line from, I think it was Tony or Mark on commentary at the end of this match. Mark. <laughs> would you like to... Why is the artist wearing a headset if he had no intention of talking? And Paige is like, shut up. His brilliance cannot be (laughs) contained by words. Yeah, she like, she faltered. She came up with something. Yeah, it was one of those where she was not ready for that question. Like, oh, fuck. um." Uh, Take the fucking headset off. I do think this was a pretty good match. 
It I was mean, fine. It was quick. I, I think they could have actually given this a lot more time and had some fun with it. It was inoffensive. It was not a like standout performance by Candido, especially on his debut. It was kind of forgettable. Yeah, I thought it was a, somewhere between okay and good debut. Like he didn't look bad here. I did find it interesting. He's like, I don't do anything flashy, and you won with a diving headbutt. It's like, well. That's not flashy. No, but it is a top rope move as opposed to... But I it's think, like the most common well, top I rope I think move. of like Drew Gulak who's like, no top rope maneuvers. That I don't think of that as flashy. That's very that's very common. Now, in terms of his style, are you are you doom and gloom about this or do you think I you might do okay? I need to see more. Okay. You're not instantly out. No, I'm not instantly out, but I'm also not instantly in. By the way, uh, the Sunny Days promo, she is dating Chris Candido during that promo. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, while Sean is, like, having sex with her, she's just cheating on Chris Candido. Cool. Yeah. Sure. She's a winner. You know what? She is a woman who knows what she wants. Yeah, and right now she just wants to not go to jail, but she's not going to get that. Well, uh, you What Sonny wants, Sonny gets, but not that. <laughs> Let's move on. We get Lane and Rave backstage. Ugh. They talk Miss Hancock and uh, ask her who her new men are. It's Los Fabulosos. We established this last this. night. Yeah. But she sells it as, like, it's a surprise. And then Lena Raver like, I have no idea who those people are. Yeah. Emily, they are doubting El Dandy. They don't know that El Dandy's part of the El Fabulosos. Who are they to doubt El Dandy? They Emily? don't know that El Dandy's in that. They're just doubting Los Fabulosos, because that's a dumb name. Their groins are about to be excited. They don't know that. I don't even know if we see Los Fabulosos next week, but I'm like, there's no way that team survives the reboot. No. We know how Vince Russo handles the uh, the luchadors. Yeah. We then get a live shot of Randy Savage in a, uh, a straight jacket. Beef. <laughs> it's a Slim Jim ad. Let's go to match number two. I would say, speaking of um, the way you handle uh, luchadors in terms of, you know, somewhat racism, it's Fit Finley versus LaParka. LaParka, the chairman. I was actually very excited to see him. Yes. He grabs a mic when he comes out and they do the dubbed promo thing. Oh, this is fucking egregious. I mean, he's at least aware of it. Like, it's not I one know. of those where, like, they didn't tell them that they were going to do it. No, I know. It's just it's it's it's, it's kind of tie. It's the it's, same. Yeah, I hate that though. Yeah, that is just racist. Especially the way that they're like dubbing over it. It's it's just racist. I I find it really gross. Yeah, it's different jokes because it's like a different version of racism. Well, it's kind, still disgusting. The kind high one. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're Japanese. I'm like, oh, it's like a joke on anime. Exactly. Yeah. Laparka's Hispanic. Yeah, but they're like. They dub him over in this, like, gangster hip-hop, like, yo, yeah. yo, yo, man, like, what? One, four, one, four. One for me, one for all my homies. Or yeah, whatever. stop yeah. it. It's, it's That was awful to me, like, disgusting, egregious. Like, LaParka does not deserve yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's really cringe. Um, the last line of this is, the voice threatens to bust Finley's Lucky Charms ass. But then... Honestly, the worst part about all of this is that Philly just beats the shit out of Laparka for ninety no. percent of this match. I didn't really pay much attention to the match because commentary. Oh, oh yeah, Mark Bad. I think he definitely had one of the thing, two things to say. Commentary didn't mention this match at all. The entirety of this match, maybe like okay, maybe like seventy five percent of this match, was Mark Madden being like, you know, the voice didn't sound Latino. I told you he played along for the first like, like minute of this but match, he just and then like kept going yeah. at it. It's like he didn't really sound very Latino in that promo. Do you think that was actually him? Well, he didn't sound. They just kept hitting the note of it didn't sound Latino, and that's like that's the part that pisses me off. It's like first of all, it's a bad joke anyway. Second is just racist. Third, it's not funny. Yeah, 
None of this is funny. Watch the fucking match. Well, it's not a good match either. Cause well, it's Laparka. We love Laparka. Yeah. We give him but, a lot of bonus points. But Finley just beats him down for like the whole match. Laparka gets no offense until Finley hits the ring post and then Laparka manages to hit a suicide dive. Laparka, I don't know what the spot was going to be, but there's a chair set up on the floor and Laparka crashes into it. And I'm like, I don't know what you were going for. I don't know. Back in the ring, get a rolling hills from Finley, and it gets him the win. Oh, and did you even mention that this is Finley's last match? No, I was going to say that. Yeah, we mentioned that on the last episode, but this is Finley's uh, last appearance on our podcast, unless I can find the <laughs> the tape of WCW Millennium, whatever the hell it's called, in uh, in Germany. But I'm sure he'll show up somewhere, because you have a tendency to just like will people well, back into existence. we're going to get everybody in the ring during Reboot Nitro, so he might appear, but this is his last match. What a flat way to go. Yeah. What a shit match to round off his WCW career. Yeah, he wrestles a sporadic match, but he becomes a backstage road agent like in WCW during this time. Yeah, it's probably better for him. Yeah. And um, he, you know, goes on WWE to become like the main producer for the women at various points. So Probably better for him. He's not a bad wrestler. He just, he never really found his in-ring persona, I think. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah, I think it's just one of those where... He has a very old school kind of world of sport style of wrestling, and that's not WWE or WWE. No, but not she, at this time. Yeah, especially not in like I, I don't think he actually debuts in WWE until like like on TV until yeah 2004. He so. strikes me as somebody that would debut into like a Royal Rumble or something. Yeah, Finley's one that we didn't see a great ton of. I d- never really loved his work in WCW. <laughs> I like him more in WWE. Yeah, because I remember you kind of hyping him up at the beginning. You were you were more Team Finley. Yeah, I think it's just down to him not being able to work his style as much, and he's not you know a great promo. So yeah, it's one of those where he's not. They had him talk a lot. It felt yeah. like, but yeah, that's it for Fit Finley and Brian Knobs. Nowhere to be seen on the show, and yeah, the the hardcore division is thinning out. Yeah, the hardcore is thinning out. The cruiserweights thinning out. Like, what do we have? Yeah, I mean, you saw some of the players in the hardcore division and. Brian Knobs going to lose the title without even actually losing it. So what's we'll, he going to do? I mean, yeah, he's done. We'll have to see, but I don't have the highest hopes. I mean, the end of that title lineage is Meng showing up on WWF television while hardcore champion, and they don't even mention it. Yeah, that's not shocking to me at all. Yeah, back to the show. Booker Kidman and Tori are chatting backstage. They're all getting along, having a little powwow. Well, everybody's friends now. Yeah. You get David Flair and Daphne heading towards the ring. Vampiro cuts a brooding promo and rips his cast off. And This is another stupid promo. You know what? It was better than last week. No, it wasn't. Oh. No. Because oh. his whole thing is, I'm weak because my arm is broken. And he like he keeps gesturing to his arm like it still kind of hurts because it's broken. So he smashes the cast. Like, yeah, that'll help. Huh? So now you're just wrestling with a weak arm without any kind of protection. What the fuck are you doing? I wrote this is a meh promo, which is actually a compliment for him. Stupid. We then get some wall nitro stills from the pay-per-view. My favorite. We get Mean Gene in the ring here to interview David Flair and Daphne. David Flair coming out in a UK tour t-shirt. It's like, wow, what a fucking jobber. I mean, it is a cool shirt. I do like that shirt. And David, like an idiot, sets up a table at ringside. How he many makes a times comment. do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? He makes a comment to Gene that Bam Bam Bigelow and Crowbar are sharing a room in the hospital, and there's one empty bed in the room, and the wall is going to occupy that, that bed. They're in Gainesville. 
That's far from That's Miami. That's not where the hospital is. Yeah. Absolutely not. David Flair is in a neck brace, and he calls out, the big goof, and the wall comes out. The big, tall, hairy goof. David then takes off a neck brace, which I don't Braces, think we've actually cast, talked about nothing enough. Nothing matters. Like, they keep getting killed week in, week out, and taking off their neck braces. I don't think they need the neck braces. No, I don't think braces do anything. <laughs> the wall grabs David by the neck and then whispers something in his ear, lets him go, and then when David goes to leave, the wall's like, psych, and then attacks David. It's like, what? What's the point of this? Stupid. So he takes David to the apron, and Daphne grabs a fire extinguisher. The correct kind. Yes. If you listen to our WrestleMania 13 episode on Patreon, you'll hear all about the wrong kind. Is that a little plug? So Daphne sprays the, the fire extinguisher on the wall, but it has no effect on the wall. Much like using sand attack on a Metagross who has clear body. He can't lower his stats. Yeah, the wall no-sells it, choke slams David through the table ringside. David does not land properly on this table. Oh, yeah, he slams his head into it. Well, he lands ass first, like almost seated up. So the table breaks in the, where he lands, and the rest of the table like swings up and smashes him in the back of the head. Like, fuck. That's why you take that flat. I'm so done with the storyline. Yeah, I think it doesn't help that... We've done this spot like five times now, it feels like. Yeah, and David's not beating the wall. No. So can we just drop this? This is stupid. I think it also doesn't help that it escalated at Uncensored. This should have ended. And then ended. it de-escalated Agreed. here. Yeah, I, I personally think this storyline should have ended when Bam Bam like got thrown into the table or whatever. Like around that time. When Bam Bam joined and then that first match. I think that should have been the end of it. I don't know. I like Crowbar. I love Crowbar, and I thought that spot was really cool. But I think that they are they're milking the story for too long. Yeah. They could have done other things to Crowbar. It, that match did not have to be Crowbar in the wall. It wasn't Crowbar in the wall. You're right. It wasn't even Crowbar in the wall. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It didn't have to be that, though. That spot did not have to be Crowbar in the wall. Yeah, but like, what did you expect from this segment? Like, David's at the table. Okay, well, <laughs> wonder what's going to happen here. Stupid. But then commentary makes the comment of like, well, I guess that bed is being occupied. So they're going to drive him all the way. All the way to Miami. It's like, well, you called your shot, so uh, you cannot get help until we get to Miami. <laughs> we get a WW Magazine ad because we have a Tori Wilson centerfold. Which just makes both of us start singing the song, The Angel in the Centerfold. Well, this prompts uh, the match that Tori is out to the ring for. It's Kidman and Booker versus the Harris Buddies. The Harris Buddies. You forgot about the Harris Buddies, didn't Big you? Big Ron and Heavy D. Yep. They're like, that's back. I'm like, Big Ron, Heavy D, the the Harris Brothers, the Buddies, they're becoming like Lane and Rave to me. Like, what are you going to be called this week? To be fair, the Harris Buddies was a slip up and we've decided to pounce well, on it. I know. We call them a lot of things, but they have too many names and we never call them Big Ron and Heavy D. <laughs> Booker starts hitting his signature moves early, which makes me think this match is not going to be long. <laughs> Kidman tags in, gets worked over until a vaulting dropkick. Tagged to Booker, and he hits two of the worst bookends I've ever seen to where commentary on the second one's like, I oh think my he God. countered it. Like, it was like Vince taking a stunner bad. Yeah, like Hulk Hogan takes a choke slam better, and that's saying something. Maybe this wasn't a good show. <laughs> Kidman faction, and Booker goes up top. One of the twins hits Booker with the title belt, and we get a DQ. The one good thing about this match, though, Booker is in the ring at the very beginning of the match and he does a scissor kick to Don and then it's followed by a spin rooney to get up. And then commentary. I don't remember like what preceded this line, but I think it was Tony said, spin rooney followed by a save rooney there. <laughs> That's good. That's funny. 
It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. A safer Rooney. Tori jumps on Ron's back and he goes after her until Kidman makes the save with a chair. And that's pretty much the segment. It set up Kidman as Booker as tag title contenders, but frankly, I you know what? They got the one right there and it'd be like, good, get the belts off the Nazis. Yeah. It was a fun match. It was nothing special. It was, it was quick. Even a match. It was quick. I think that's why I didn't hate this show is because all the matches were kind of nothing, but they were quick and they were fast paced. So there was high energy, short time span. It's like a TikTok. All these matches are like TikToks. Just enough to keep my attention. Ah, uh, Vince Russo style booking. I, I, you know, if it works, it works. The Mama Luke's talk backstage and Vito criticizes Disco. Jenna Bull picks Disco up and tells him to get him a title shot, but Vito's had enough and seems like this team is headed to uh, Splitsville. Dissension. Coming up next is Vampiro versus Lex Luger. Yay. Oh my god. So, sorry, continue. There's just some really stupid lines in the show tonight. Is it Lex's line once he grabs a mic and... Vampiro! Or whatever your name is. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's Vampiro. You got it. Well, it's, it's, that's not a shoot name. But like, it's Vampiro. You're, you, you're right. He's only ever been called one name in WCW. That's not true. I Has was thinking he about... been named something that we have paid attention to? Yes, he was called was El, El Vampiro for a few weeks. Oh, go fuck yourself. That does not count. He welcomes Vampiro to the major leagues and it's like... You're looking at a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, and I'm like, wow, baseball's changed. He's 93 mile, miles an hour. It's like, okay. That's, that's kind of nothing. Yeah, you're a relief pitcher here, buddy. <laughs> 93, that's all you got. Mike, I can do that. I can throw 70. Good for you. Vampiro's music hits, and uh, he's sneaking up behind Lex, which we don't see until his pyro goes off, and we just get like a, like a quick flash of him in the ring behind Lex. It looked really cool. It looked like he just kind of like apparated. Into the ring, through the smoke. It was kind of cool. Based on the sneak attack, Vampiro starts on offense. It goes for a top rope, Herc, and Rana. Lex just hits a low blow, blatantly. DQ? Who cares? <laughs> and now that he doesn't have the element of surprise, Lex just works over Vampiro all over the ring. It's like, oh, okay, you are in the minor leagues, aren't you? You also noted that there was no chair present for this match. Yes, I guess they've gotten rid of that gimmick for uh, Luger. I would also like to write in the idea that... Lex assumed that Vampiro's arm was already broken, so he didn't bring the chair out to break his arm again because he already broke his arm. Well, he's threatened to break like Henning's other arm or something. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I was th- I was trying to think. I was trying to give it the storyline. No, we get a press slam from Luger, and they do a bunch of nothing around ringside. Referee's not counting for a count out here. The refs are pretty nothing in this show. Luger continues to dominate with a power slam and some flexing. He signals for the torture rack, but Vampiro counters and starts to come back. Goes up top, hits a diving clothesline, but only gets a two. Then get Ric Flair running out to the ring as Vampire hits a diving crossbody. Vampire hits somewhere between a thrust kick and a super kick. And because this is the finish, like Lex Luger beats Vampiro to his feet. Yeah, what? Like, Vampiro only like bent over like on like the gravity of the kick, and I swear Luger's vertical before him. Yeah. Flair's distracting the ref, so Lex hits a bat shot and then locks in the torture rack for the win. Commentary's like, he got up from the bad shots. Like, yeah, because he wanted to win with the torture rack. Yeah. Like that, there was no other point besides that. When Once Flair came out, I checked out of this match. I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to be one of these matches. Sting comes out to save Vampire from the beatdown and the heels bail. It was not a bad That's match. That's the problem. Like, I don't remember these matches not, being bad. None yeah. of these were like horrendous to watch. But Talking like, about them, though, they're kind of nothing. Yeah, th- this did not get Vampiro over like they wanted. No, but it did not bury him. It's somewhere between, but... I don't know. I don't think it elevated him, but I don't think it made him look worse. I think he maintained exactly where he was. Which, to me, is a failing. But that's not a burial. 
We then get Gene in the NWO locker room. He makes a quip about, like, oh, the ladies, I see you're still not up on your feet. Gene, stop making sex jokes. It's not funny. Well, speaking of sex jokes, uh, Emily, Jeff Jarrett has stroke. I don't know if you're aware of that. Something, something, masturbation joke, something, something. Steiner does his thing and says Hogan was only champion in the NWO because he had people watching his back. And I'm like, okay, like a bit of continuity there. Like, yeah, Hogan was a chicken shit heel champion for a lot of that reign. That is true. And he like he even mentions later on that like he was the baddie of NWO at at some point. But even when he was in NWO, like he was not like the main guy. He never like won clean in the NWO. He always had he always had other NWO people around. I mean he would occasionally win clean, but yeah, it was mostly screwy. It was mostly screwy. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were there were there were the one offs, sure. And even if it wasn't like screwy, Kevin Nash was always there, Scott yeah. Hall was always there. Oh just like intimidation maybe they didn't interfere but they were like there let's go back to ricky rackman at fsu he's hosting a special webcast next week cool <laughs> the world wide web we're gonna get a 15 second nitro girl segment we're gonna get mean gene interviewing dustin rhodes and he calls terry funk a vampire yeah i was not following that because he's like i drove a stake through your heart but i'm like that would imply that he's a vampire, but like... No, he calls him a vampire Terry multiple Funk has times. never alluded to being any kind of undead. What do you mean? He also refers to himself as the American Nightmare, which yeah. I think is funny because of Cody Rhodes. Yeah, Dustin then insults the old men of WCW. Oh, honey. We then see a Sid press conference from last night. I'm like, what? I just remembered that Dustin Rhodes was on um, Tough Enough. With, um, what's her face? The Russian girl. NXT, not tough enough. NXT. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, what? <laughs> Oksana. Yes, I just remember that Dustin Rhodes was on t- NXT with they Oksana. They had a whole wedding. I just remembered that. Sorry. Anyway, Sid's yeah. doing a press conference. Yeah, it was last night. I'm like, oh, okay. This was also stupid. He's like, I've been dealing with the NWO for six months. But they've been around for three. But go you off. always find these exaggerations more egregious than they need to be because, like, everything is exaggerated in WCW. Everything's exaggerated in wrestling. Do you actually think these people are like five hundred pounds and seven feet no, tall? No, but I'm not. I'm not there with a scale. I know how time works. But no one is checking in 1999. No one's going on the the World Wide Web. But if and you're being watching like, well, the show, actually, you know they have been around for six months. They should have after Starcade. That was late December. We're in March. But they showed up after the NWO being gone for like, what, six weeks? NWO was gone for months. Were they? Yeah. Are you sure? Especially in terms of like the high quality guys. Well, okay, the high quality guys have been gone forever, but we had the like, I'm not the, B the B team. We had the B team. You then that was like four months. It doesn't feel like it was that long. Yeah, I want to say that was August and then NWO 2000 showed up in late December. So yeah, four this months. It doesn't feel like that long. I don't know. Yeah, but Sid wasn't dealing with them. I don't know, man. I think that you're... You're overthinking it? I think you're thinking about it more than anybody else has thought about it. Yeah. But in terms of proper NWO, like that just disappeared when the when the Hogan Nash feud happened at yeah. Road Wild. That, yeah. The B team held on for far too long. We, you know, we don't need to talk about the semantics of the NWO. They have absolutely no bearing on this show and they're not going to exist in two weeks. So fuck them. Let's go to a match that I'm not sure why it happened. And we watched it and I'm still not sure why it happened. <laughs> it's Pretty Norman dumb. Smiley versus Hugh Morris. Yeah, I think we both kind of had a double take that it was Hugh Morris coming down the ramp. Because, like, we haven't seen him, like, we saw him at Uncensored, right? No, we haven't seen him in months. No, he was on, he was, he was absolutely Oh, shit, yes, he, yeah, he was, sorry, he was one of the lumberjacks. I was like. <laughs> I was going to say, please don't gaslight me. I know we saw Hugh Morris. Sorry, he was so forgettable that I forgot. Because <laughs> I remember him coming down the ramp, like, I, is that Hugh Morris? Yeah. Anyway, but we haven't seen him wrestle in a long time. Yeah. 
But this is not how I expected him to come back. And this match, we both were struggling to pay attention during this one. Yeah, this is the first one of the show that, like, I guess dragged. I guess. Yeah, Norman does the wiggle on Morris, which I'm I'm deciding on some verbiage here. When he does it on a person, it's the wiggle. When he does it as like his own taunt, it's the big wiggle. Okay. And is there a difference between when he just like slaps the butt or when he does the like the lick and slide down the body? Because they're both referred to by commentary as the wiggle. No, we're just going to say it's, okay. yeah. Because he did not do that, but he did do the, the butt slaps. Morris does two crazy elbow drops. Wild. And then pulls Norman up on the pin. Oh, no, boy, gone school. This isn't even that far into the match. No. And we were both like, or at least I was, I was like, this is not the time to go to school. Let's go home. We then get a power slam and, oh, no, boy, it's back to school night. <laughs> get your new shoes and some khakis because it's back to school, boy. Norman rolls up Morris but only gets a two. Morris hits a no laughing matter. And for some reason, while he's climbing the ropes, the demon's music hits. Get and I'm away. like, fucking guy can't even make an entrance right. Jesus. Fucking loser. <laughs> I didn't realize it was the demon's music at first. I thought that it was an, a flub by the like audio team where they had already started playing Hugh yeah, Morris's, well, like his music as like the champion. Yeah, I guess I, we didn't realize how generic the intro of God of Thunder is because yeah. we were like, what the fuck is this? And then I heard the lyrics kick in. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, never mind. Oh, yeah, but he's back to having a song because it was dubbed at Uncensored. Who can keep up? <laughs> Who cares enough to follow the demon, though? Like, that's the real question. So Morris gets the pin and then beats up the demon. <laughs> in like a nothing spot. So the demon made this whole end. Well, made this whole entrance. The demon came out to his music, got power slammed, and that was it. Did yeah. he even hit a move? No, Did he so. even throw a punch? That was just a big yikes for me. That was yeah. just like, that was it? That's it? Jeez. When was the last time he specifically won a match? The demon? Yeah, because Norman won the match for them on... I don't think the demon has won a match himself. No, he definitely has. I don't know. I'm pretty lost in three seconds. Was that not just now? Well, he wasn't in a match here. I'm saying where there was an official match on Thunder with Bam Bam and he lost in three seconds. He's a joke. As they were exiting, Hugh Morris grabs the camera guy and like talks right into the camera, like doing one like last little line before he goes back up the ramp. So he speaks directly to Norman through the camera and I guess says, you didn't get the wiggle, but you got a little giggle. What the fuck does that mean? Laughing. Who giggled? It was humorous, Emily. Oh, that is his whole thing, isn't it? Oh, Jesus, you didn't get that. No. Oh, my God. That was fucking like, oh, God. It was fucking lame. You got a little giggle. Giggle. I forget that Hugh Morris is humorous. <laughs> you need Bobby Heenan back in commentary. I guess I do. He refused to say it as two words. Humorous. Because he, he doesn't come off as like a funny person, you know? He has that one move called the No Laughing Matter, but what else about him is humorous? Yeah. Nothing. I, yeah, it's very easy to forget. How am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? I tell couldn't me. tell you. Then you get Mean Gene interviewing Kurt Hennig. Hennig says he respects Rhodes as being, you know, a fellow second generation superstar. Okay. This is going to earn Dustin's respect tonight because he is unbeatable. One could almost say perfect, but you shouldn't because you'll get sued. Okay. I, I love all the ways Kurt gets around his like Do set promo style. Do you think he's doing style. it intentionally? Oh, some of these, yes. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But this one kind of seemed like, yeah, it's you, you have your style and you're just subbing a word out. Mm. We then just get a cut to Gene in front of Sid's door, just talking at the door like, this is where Sid is. I hate those interviews. I heard those like cutaways. You can't call it an interview. It's a interviewing with the door. What the fuck? Yeah. But, it's just, it's just stupid. It's going to be one of those like, hey, this is coming up. Like you're going to see your guy. 
don't change the channel. Kind but of like, we know he's here. We He's been here. We saw him enter. It's only a two-hour show. He's got to be here. We then get Kurt Hennig versus Dustin Rhodes. Kurt Hennig's still rocking the cast, and Dustin's still rocking the bright red pants and a red do-rag. Talk about a match I don't care about. Cheap shot from Rhodes early. Hennig hits a high knee and a neck snap. Punch from Hennig sends Rhodes to the floor, and uh, Rhodes then works over the cast of Hennig and rips it off. I'm over the casts. And, well, so is Dustin, apparently. <laughs> referee's like, that's too far. Calls the DQ. Yeah, huh? We didn't get Hulk Hogan making the save. Of course, mean Mr. Mustard is here. Fuck you, Terry. And <laughs> we decided in that moment we had to ask. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? This is the point in the show where we are losing our fucking minds. Yes. So we're like, I need something to grip onto that might make me laugh. And it, it succeeded. So, for Hulk Hogan, Emily, who's that Pokemon? <laughs> it's Scraggy. He's fucking you, stupid you love looking. You Scraggy. I saved a picture of him to my notes. I'll post it on the Instagram. Scraggy's so fucking stupid looking, and it just like makes me happy to compare the two. I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, Plusle. It's a very simple one. Uh, I need to see a picture of Plusle. Oh, it's like a Pikachu looking fucker? Yeah. He's a little more red. It, I don't it, feel like Hogan was that red tonight. He had. He had like the bandana, I think. Yeah. But I this think, was more just for lulz. But I think there's one other person we have to ask who's that Pokemon too. I know. And that's Hulk Hogan. And you know something, brother? I was supposed to be in the Pokemon game. You know, missing no, the glitch Pokemon. Oh, that was going to be me, brother. But the attack stats were too high. What? <laughs> and so it was a glitch. They couldn't get the Hulkster in there, brother. But I, I was going to be part of the 150. It was going to be 152 before, 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 the, before it glitched out, brother. <laughs> Are you implying that Hulk Hogan was going to be missing now? I, I slam you two five, 500 pounds, brother, in front of, uh, you know, uh, Saffron City, uh, Celadon City, one, one of them, WrestleMania 9 or 10. I made and- that Ash Ketchum kid cry. <laughs> Imagine if that's how the Pokemon movie ended, was just Hulk Hogan choke slamming Mewtwo. You hit the big leg, brother. <laughs> big boot to Mewtwo. You, you know what it is? Hogan's ability is sturdy, where you think you knocked him out, and then he hulks up. Oh! <laughs> Hulk Hogan used to recover. <laughs> that was fucking stupid. <laughs> this, this skinny guy, Red, up on Mount Silver, couldn't even sell out a flea market. Thinks he's the Indigo champion, brother. <laughs> this is the crossover of the, the two fandoms that we did not need. <laughs> See, now what I need is I need um, I need the Reddit user uh, Bret Hart buries this to like t- just to talk shit on Blue. Oh, to make a Bret Hart promo on the champion Blue? On on Blue immediately becoming champion and losing. It's like some match that was. (laughs) To this piece of shit, Bill Goldberg. (laughs) Goldberg using hacks and Pokemon, God. Let's move on. Nick could stay on this tangent all night. You said all legendaries? What are you doing, Mark? (laughs) Move on. This is good. I like this. I think I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) You had a good run. Oh, yeah, I'll just end that by saying um, Triple H's theme is actually about Pokemon. It's the game they're talking about. Ah, it all comes back together. Yeah. It is time to play the game. It's all about the game and how you play it. And it's all about control and if you can take it. It's all about becoming the champion. It's all the same. Worlds colliding. Let's move on to Gene interviewing Sid Vicious outside his locker room. Sid just kind of talks. It's like, what? This isn't you. Yeah, he doesn't. He does eventually whisper, but he, he doesn't he really there. yell. But he like tells Jimmy Hart, "Make sure nobody interferes." And something about that, I'm gonna go. Hmm. 
Interesting. Oh, we didn't know during the press conference, because we're talking about the NWO timeline, Hulk Hogan just takes over the press conference. And yeah. They keep, he was going to leave. They're like, no, Hulk, more questions. And like they ignore Sid, so... And they end the press conference with some question of like, Hulk, who do you think the best wrestler is? Or something like, who do you think's better than you? It was like some feeding question of like, no one's better than me. I'm the best there is. Best there was, best there will be. <laughs> but then Sid goes into his his whisper part of the promo. I'm like, there you go, big man. <laughs> big boy found his way. We're advertising what's going to happen next. Then we get jump scare tank Abbott. Just like, what the fuck? Why? Why? Who asked you here? Yeah. Then we get mean Gene with Sid. Gene's all over the show. He really is. MVP. <laughs> Sting says he's going to split team package right down the middle, and then it's showtime, clowns. That's not folks. Got him. I guess clowns can be folks. We then get Tank Abbott versus The Barbarian, who oh. you had to be reminded that we have seen before. This is a pee break match at Me- best. Yeah, Meng is seen to be watching closely. They trade lazy punches and pushes. Tank slams The Barbarian, and then it's hit with a belly to belly. Barbarian actually gets some offense. I was like, oh, more than I thought. I spent the entirety of this match looking up to see if either of these two were in the bloodline to see if maybe they'd be making a like a resurgence on WWE. They're I assu- I assume you meant Barbarian Meng, not Barbarian and Tank Abbott. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I did not look up if Tank Abbott was in the bloodline. You never know. <laughs> Meng and the Barbarian. I Google Finish this story. No. Barbarian distracts himself with the ref for the second time and then walks into a knockout combo and... He wins, and we immediately cut away to Ric Flair and Sting walking. Cool. What a stupid match. It wasn't even a match. I, like, I it was putting, technically a match. Yeah, but I, ugh, I actually wonder if we're even going to get Meng versus Tank Abbott in time or not. Well, I don't know. Do you want that? I want to see Meng beat up Tank Abbott, yeah. I don't want to see Tank Abbott anymore. He's wearing sweatpants shorts. He's been doing that. I know, but tonight it was the first time I really like took note of it. I thought he was wearing like regular jorts or like basketball shorts. No, he's like wearing sweatpants shorts, like fleece. Then you get Ricky Rackman hyping up some more shit, and I fucking get it. Okay, spring breakouts next week. It's this fine. Man is so drunk in this promo. He's looking at the camera and he just grabs some random kid by the collar, like, "Hey, you look like a college kid. Come here." Well, he's the guy who won something. I think no. Oh. This guy was just there. So you going to be in South Padre Island next week? That he he what? He had no bearing on any of this. He was just a guy. He was the closest guy that wasn't Shannon Moore. Uh, let's go to our second to last match of the night. It is Ric Flair versus Sting. And believe it or not, this is the third to last time they ever do this match. See, like that sounds incredibly believable, but also wild knowing that like both these men, unfortunately, are still wrestling. We're recording this just a little bit after Sting announced that he's going to be like actually retiring soon. Really? Yeah. It's one of those where like, hey, like it's on the horizon. Like it's not it's not yet. I'm gonna keep doing it a little bit longer. And it's like, all right, who's he gonna face? People are like I swear to God if it's Ric Flair. <laughs> oh Someone's dying there, in that there, match. There is some sick part of me that wants it to be <laughs> Ric Flair. There was a cool tweet not to do with Ric Flair that I saw on the Twitterverse. It was somebody comparing the very first video game that Sting was ever um, featured on versus the most recent video game that he was ever featured on. The original one was like 8-bit, Surfer Sting, like very late 80s, early 90s kind of vibe. Yeah. And the new one is like the new AEW game that's like beautiful graphics. And just like looking at those two pictures side by side, like it's the same guy in both games. Yeah. Like just that like com- that that comparison of technology is bonkers. It was so cool. Emily, you're going to divide our audience by saying the AEW game has beautiful graphics. I have seen one still. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird art style. The, uh, if you're comparing the new video well, yeah, game no to 8-bit, like just looking at that 
that trajectory of technology. Like, come on. I've seen one still. I don't give a shit. Yeah, so it's the third to last time we're into this match. We will be reviewing the second to last one because it's the final Nitro. And I'm like, shit, do we have to uh, Do we have to go find the, the, the TNA episode of, of, of the third one? I don't know if we have to. No one's holding us to that. You heard here, folks. Tweet it and make Emily review it. No one's forcing our hand on that. Sting overpowers Flair to start and then hits a big press slam. Get a Flair turnbuckle spot and a clothesline to the floor. Flair rakes the eyes on the outside, hits chops, but they have no effect. I was expecting you to make a Pokemon joke there again. Back in the ring, Flair hits a big right hand and ducks a Sting crossbody. Low blow to Sting after a lazy ref distraction. Just like, oh, what's the time? (laughs) Flair hits punches and chops in the corner. The strikes just start firing up Sting as opposed to doing any damage. There's also been like three bag offs by Flair at this point in the match. We get a press slam, then an eye poke, and Flair goes up top and immediately thrown off. Luger appears, gets fought off by Sting. Stinger hits Stinger splashes to both men, locks in the Scorpion Deathlock to Flair, and in a bit, we don't know if it's ending in a submission or a DQ, Luger pulls the ref out of the ring as Flair is like nodding his head and yet, nodding his head, yes, I give up. Yeah, that he's giving up. And we hear the bell ring, and it's like, all right, so was it DQ for pulling the ref out, or was it submission? Or was it a submission? I think that it was a DQ for pulling the ref because the bell continues to ring as the match goes on. I think I thought it was a submission. I think it's DQ. Flair and Luger beat down Sting until Vampiro makes the save, and that's the segment. So I understand why Lex and Flair would run off when Sting runs in to save Vampiro. Yeah. I don't get it for the reverse. Especially a fresh Sting. Yeah. I don't get it for the reverse. Vampiro is not this like, like, he's great. Love him. But he is not this, like, overwhelming power. He doesn't have the same presence and bravado that someone like Sting has. It's like your little brother coming in to, like, hey, stop picking on my dad, you know? Like, Wait, so you're... I, I changed you're, up that whole family hold on, hold on. dynamic. So, so you're picking on your own dad and your little brother comes in. <laughs> yeah. Or is it your stepbrother and then it's like you're making fun of his dad, but he's I not your dad? Oh man. Just go with it. Okay. I mean, this, this match is, it's Flair versus Sting. Like, it's, it's going to be good for what it is. Yeah, it was fine. It's not as good as their, like, I remember their match from last year and both mm, of us were like, Yeah, that was a great yeah. match. This was like, it was g- good to find somewhere in there. Like, Flair did do like a masterfully done quick little eye jab at one yeah. point in this where he just like, quick turns around, bat, and then just- yeah. <laughs> The main eventers head towards the ring and it's time for Jeff Jarrett and Big Papa Pump. That's Big what it, Papa Puppy. That's what it's listed as on the graphic. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Versus Sid Vicious and Hulk Hogan. We get main event NWO theme. Like, fuck, that hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, we haven't heard the actual NWO theme in a while. In the main event. I mean, we, we heard it for the, the Harris Boys on pay-per-view, but... Yeah, I guess that's true. But it's just been mostly Yeehaw. Yeah, so the ladies and the Harris buddies come out with the NWO. Jared's not even trying at this point. You know the routine. Hit the bricks, ladies. But at least now he's implying that he sleeps with the women. Is, did he? Kinda. Like, I still don't believe Jeff Jarrett sleeps with women. I believe Scott Steiner is. He said something along those lines, and it just kind of came off as like, uh, I don't know, I don't, don't want to say territorial, but it was just like, Scott's never going be here, but they're my ladies. Scott debuted them. <laughs> I don't know. Hogan comes out after Sid, because of course he does. Wait, what do you mean Scott debuted them? He debuted these three women, like, before he got suspended. This has not been the same three girls. Yes, it has. No way. It, it has. I, I find that incredibly hard to believe. All right, we'll, we'll have to go back through. I'm pretty sure it's been the same three women. I don't think so. I don't. I really don't think so. I thought it was just, like, 
local girls of the week. No, I'm pretty sure it's been the same one. I don't we, think so. We only see them in the entrance and then that's it. But I'm fairly certain because one of those Medasia who keeps show, who shows up at, later. I don't know, man. And we like talked about their names at one point. So I don't know. That's it. They sh- it should be different women each week, but it's not to me. I, I'm pretty sure. And it does feel like Scott hasn't been here in months. Yeah. They're Jared's ladies now. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna play the like territorial thing, it's, are you saying Jeff Jarrett claims squatters' rights on these women? <laughs> if they allow it, sure. But yeah, Hulk Hogan comes out last after Sid. I'm like, no, that's not how that's supposed to work. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Scott Steiner, as Hulk Hogan is making his entrance, goes over to commentary and very clearly through the microphone, Hogan wasn't shit. <laughs> and then during the match, gets bleeped twice. So clearly they're like, all right, pay attention to everybody. But he also, like, went back and said it a different time. No, you're thinking of Mark Madden rewrites it. It's like, oh, you hear what he said? He says Hogan Hogan wasn't crap. Oh, okay. Maybe it's that. So Hogan starts the match with Jeff Jarrett. Hogan overpowers Jarrett, throws him around. Sid tags in, but gets poked in the eye. Sid counters a breadstroke axe handle with a low blow. I'm like, DQ? Who cares? <laughs> Hogan hits an eight-punch spot, like, notices the crowd chanting, and then, like, no, fuck you, bites Jarrett's head. Like, what? Yeah, I hate the biting. I know we talked about, like, oh, he wrestles like a heel. But noticing they're counting and then stopping the count to bite, that's a heel move. Yes, no, it is. You're right. Sid signals for the choke slam, but Steiner interferes and then tags in. And we get a nice overhead belly-to-belly from Steiner to Sid. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I mean, there were some, like, moments of, of good in this match. To me, it was mostly standard. Yeah. But that's oh, not a bad Very thing. much, yeah. Yeah. Steiner works over Sid as he calls for the fans to kind of, like, get him back in the match. The heels tag in and out to work over Sid, but Hogan gets the tag. The commentary knows that Sid looks actively upset as the crowd chants for Hogan. We get a big boot to Steiner and then a big boot to Jarrett, but before Hogan can hit the leg drop, swerve! <gasps> Sid decides to chokeslam Hogan and pins him? What? <laughs> Referee counts it, and um, Sid is just won and lost. Yeah, that one made no sense. The NWO, like, celebrate, like, yeah, we won. Yeah, and, we win. But and like, then they disappear. Did, you did. I get, it's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I'm like, wait, can Jeff Jarrett ask for a title shot? Can he not? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, welcome back to the title picture, Hulk Hogan. Despite Sid being over his face, you need a heel to feud with, so might as well be him. Sure. I guess. Like, if you wanted Hogan to feud with a heel, why didn't you put the title on Jarrett? I could not handle another Jeff Jarrett title run. That man's insufferable enough as it is now. Yeah, he's still the U.S. champion, by the way. Yeah, he's a U.S. champion. See, that didn't feel that bad when we were watching it, but rehashing it, I still don't have a best bit. Yeah, I think it's like, it's just a dumb episode of Nitro. It's not a bad episode. episode. It's a dumb episode. Yeah, I did say the word stupid a lot in this recording. It was an overall an okay show. Like, nothing was aggressively bad. It tried to set things up that, like, won't happen, Um, (laughs) but... For better or worse, it didn't. Tr- it didn't try to do a ton, which no. was kind of nice. Like, wasn't trying to shove everything in your face. Yes, that's true. Which is nice. It's yeah. almost like a breather. Yeah, and then we got spring breakout, and then we reboot. Woohoo! See, I, I'm really curious what the reboot actually means because we keep using it as a like, well, they're about to reboot everything, so I don't know if any of this matters. But we don't actually know what the reboot fully means and what fully entails. Yeah, it's one of those where, at the very least. There is a brand new creative regime taking over with an excuse to reset things. Sure. So it's like you kind of assume there's going to be some harsh changes. Yeah, I just don't know what those changes will entail or what they will actually look like. Well, we only got one more nature in between. We got a couple episodes of the podcast in between, but 
Before we get to all those, let's go to best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Emily, you gotta find something for your best bit. Can you go first for the best bit? Because I have the I have the other two. It's just the best bit that I don't have. I think this is one of those occasions where I am taking the best bit language literally. In terms of this show, this was the best bit, and it was a match, but it wasn't necessarily standout. But to me, the best bit was the Ric Flair Sting match. It's a thousand percent skippable, but I thought it was the best bit of the show. Shoot. Okay. So like when I usually, when I say bit, I usually mean like moment. You, when you say bit, I think you mean match. I mean segment. I guess I gave my best bit to just like, I liked Sid's overacting (laughs) through the episode. It was just kind of fun to watch. Okay. The begging at the beginning, the whisper talking, the like scheming with Jimmy. He was the, weird and then as shit the, like, during the um, and then during the match when he does like that dramatic turn of like well, oh my god they're cheering Hogan. Well that fuck no, that during the press conference like he was like on something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll give it to so, him. Just acting. Uh, Emily, what's your worst bit? You said you had one going in. I forgot the Laparka I... dub. Okay. I fucking hated the Laparka dub. I think it like really undermines Laparka as a character. I think it makes everything a joke when it doesn't have to be a joke. I think Laparka is comedy enough without turning it into racism. And I think it's egregious. I gave mine to just Ricky Rackman. <laughs> Ricky Rackman at least had fun. Ricky Ricky Rackman at least got drunk. The, yeah, this was one where it just seemed cumbersome to keep doing he this. He didn't want to be there. Yeah. And then, yeah, both of us are going to have to struggle. Uh, Emily, who is your MVP? I was also giving it to Sid. <laughs> Sid or Mean Gene. Those are my two. Because Gene was putting in work. You know what? I'll give mine to Gene. Okay. Yeah, Gene's all over the show. And I'm like, you know what? In terms of actual value, it's like, yeah, he... Sure. Think about it. If this is Ricky Rackman doing these interviews, it's like, I don't know. He feels like it's going to take away. Yeah. Gene knows when to get in, when to get out, and when to, like, jab a little almost. Yeah. He knows when to push. Yeah. So, there yeah, you go. I guess we, I give that. So, you're, you're sit, I'm Gene. Well, yeah, we figured it out. They say all men are created equal, but um, you look at some of the MVPs, you can see that statement is not true. Oh, my God. We need to cut this. <laughs> you will go through the entire promo if I don't cut you off. No, I was going to. Let's end it there. <laughs> so next up is Spring Breakout 2000. Woohoo! Which I'd say is the Spring last break. one. I, which I'd say is the last one, but I think technically the final night show is a Spring Breakout. Which makes sense. I mean, they're in Panama City Beach. I mean, it lines up in the timeline perfectly. So yeah, it's, it's awkward. We're in the final year. We're in the end game now. But if you liked what you heard on this episode, you can listen to all of our back catalog. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Deezer, and a couple others uh, scattered around. And if you really liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. Five dollars a month gets you a handful of bonus episodes. At least one episode a month at this point. Yep. We just did WrestleMania 13, where Sid may or may not have shit himself. We still cannot confirm nor deny that. Which is a show that also has a lot of people currently in WCW. Like, a weird amount. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, and upcoming to that, we'll have Legends House. The finale. And, Emily, I literally did not realize until we got to this point. This episode's coming out on the three-year anniversary of the podcast. Oh, yeah, because we did do it around Halloween, didn't we? Uh, yeah. I swear wow. Were, such a nothing nitro Happy that we, we forgot. Yeah, we did. We'll have to celebrate more to start year four uh, I guess the, so, on the yeah. next one. But yeah, doing this for three years. Three years. Three years, 91 episodes. Oof. Yeah. We've gone through how many apartments? A lot. <laughs> A lot. Um, this is our fourth place recording. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord. 
You can follow a lot of that journey on threads and Instagram and Twitter slash X at Butts in the Pod. Facebook, the Butts in the Seats podcast. Yeah, wow. what a, we, we did the awards for last year. This is just a, uh, yeah, this is, this is three years. Yeah, what a year it's been. Well, from everything I've heard, next week is going to be wild. So we'll, maybe we'll oh, celebrate God. a little bit then. But until we go to uh, South Padre Island for spring breakout, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seats podcast. Bye.